0: Hello, you are listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mello, and my co-host here is Allie Engren. We have the utmost joy and honor of introducing our next guest. He's full of light. He is full of love. He's full of compassion, and he's full of so much wisdom. He you would have heard me reference him on my previous podcast about anxiety, self-sabotage, and forgiveness. So I reached out to him and I, I asked him if he would want to come on and he said yes. So I was extremely ecstatic because we really just hit the tip of the iceberg on these subjects and um, I just love his outlook on everything and I know you are too. So Please join me as we introduce Arianne Samui. He is joining us all the way from the UK. Um, He's a beautiful human being inside and out. He has been through one heck of a journey. He's so open, so real, so raw. And I know you guys are going to love it as much as I do. Also, you guys are going to want to save this podcast episode. I guarantee. You are going to want to come back and you are going to want to re-listen to parts of this because the depth and the way that he talks about different subjects is so in-depth, so mind-blowing, you are really going to want to come back to it. So I just wanted to throw that in there, but enjoy!
1: You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery
0: realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy, wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. All right. Well, hello and welcome to your first time on the Twisted Sisters podcast. We have the amazing Arian on today. He is a healer, intuitive trauma coach. And um, what other titles you got in there?
2: I'd say I'm a healer, intuitive trauma coach and a spiritual teacher.
0: Okay. Which one's your favorite role? Are you like them all?
2: To be honest with you, there's never a moment where it's only one. I feel like when I'm talking to someone about healing, there's an aspect of the other parts that come in as well. So
0: yeah so I connected with you because I used um, some of your teachings as part of my my podcast that I did on anxiety, self-sabotage, and forgiveness I uh, you had your um, small clips that you had on each topic and um, for me it prompted my journal promptings and it was just kind of a mind-blowing um I would say just, situation that happened for me I uh, I felt like I was in this stuck place of like okay I you know the information you get uh you you can understand self-sabotage you can understand forgiveness but how do you even start to go into those those issues how do you dig deeper and um the things that you said really just clicked and laid out this outline for me to really, kind of dig in and understand, but without any shame, guilt, or, um, those things kind of hanging over my head, which I think are really linked to all of those topics at times and can have such a heaviness feeling. And even though you're trying to deal with it and, uh, understand it, you still carry the shame and guilt and, uh, I, I just loved what you said. And so I reached out to you. I told you I was going to be using your information and um something in me was like, ask him to be on the podcast. And I really didn't think you were going to say, yeah, I'm not going to lie," <laughs> But it all worked out really good. So I'm really grateful you said yes. And I'm, I'm really excited to have you on today.
2: Me too. I'm really excited to be on. And I love what you guys are doing with this. You know, uh, when you asked me, I had a little look to see what you do. And the authenticity of what you do is what attracted me mostly to it. So I'm really happy to be here too.
0: Awesome. So you're an intuitive also. I, well, actually, let's get in. How did you get into uh, doing all of these, doing this, do, being you, becoming an intuitive, a healer and a trauma coach?
2: Um, Pain. Yeah. Mostly pain. Uh, I've obviously we all go through things. I've gone through things in my life. And I got to the stage where I had to find the answer. It wasn't an option anymore. And, you know, there was the third time in my life that I really considered suicide. Like I really was like, right, this is it. And the only reason I didn't is because I have a son. And that got me to a place of not being able to and I was like well that's the only option left it's to you know commit suicide but now I can't because I can't leave my son so I had to find the answer and I basically just looked and looked and I didn't stop and all my focus was to going towards what's actually going on with me because nothing is working and eventually I started finding the answer I started trying things that started working that started making me feel different and then i dug deeper into it and it took me down this path and i looked even further into it and eventually i got to a place where it it was like like, this is the answer Mm. and it's such a valuable answer especially in the circumstances of humanity and where we are today that You know, I got to the stage where I was like, I need to tell everyone about this. I have to tell the world. I have to tell people, you know, you start small, you start with your friends and family and you quickly learn that none of them want to hear it. Mm
1: -hmm. And then,
2: right, okay, but this is still the answer. I need to tell everyone. And obviously it led me to realizing and learning that this is my purpose and this is why I'm here. And I just grew from there, really.
0: How long have you been doing this for?
2: oh um not not as long as you would think probably usually when I tell people how long I've been doing it for they don't really believe me but it's I'd say it's just over two years now yeah so I've been doing this for yeah Um,
1: have you always felt like you were like a highly sensitive kind of person they call it like what HSP with like that intuition and feeling and
2: yeah I was actually talking to my son about this yesterday um, there's always been part of me, like I, I've never really understood what an empath is, but I've always been able to figure out like this, there's something here happening here that isn't happening in everyone else. Like what is that? And especially with the highly sensitive person, but there were a lot of things that I I call it like kind of my first life and second life. When I woke up, that was my second life. I've actually, this is the start of the representation of telling that story all across my arms, both of them. But I realized as well, and I, I used to do these things when I used to be in a really, really bad place because there were many, many times throughout my life where I was in really bad places. And I used to do this thing and I never questioned it ever. I used to think like, you know what? I can't wait till my second life starts. I, just, I can't wait till my second life starts and i never questioned it ever like what does that even mean i can't wait till my second <laughs> life starts like what what is that and now that i'm where i am and i've started my second life it's like ah oh,
1: <laughs>
2: thank god <laughs> but <laughs> it was definitely one of those things where i was really really questioning uh well i actually lack of questioning like what i mean about that
0: wow it's crazy how your intuition's already telling you something and you didn't even you don't even recognize it in the moment.
2: Oh, absolutely. And it happened a lot more. So I've I've gotten to the place where you'll get the call downloads, essentially information presented to you through different forms. It can be uh, through thoughts, visually, it can be sound. Mine is a knowing, so it's like The reason the knowing is that it's the quickest. A thought is quicker, visually not as quick, but the knowing is quickest. And that happened to me so many times in my life. And I used to think, "Oh, what a great idea I've just come up with! (laughs) Look at this great idea!" And I thought, "Oh, it's an epiphany," and it it is. But it's also it's a download. And these things that used to happen and i used to think everyone oh yeah no this is obvious because everyone knows this and then you realize like oh everyone doesn't know this like what where did that come from and then in this last two years obviously i've been doing a lot of practices a lot of intentional information grabbing from the universe and essentially downloads so you get to the place where you're recognizing and you're learning oh that's a download. This is my thought. That's not my thought. That's a thought that's been given to me.
0: Do you have any um, advice for being able to navigate those and understanding a download versus an idea?
2: Yeah. um, It's really good to understand how we essentially work. I always say in most of my content, the most valuable thing you can do is learn how you work a lot of information out there is like, stop the thoughts, stop all thoughts. Well, you can't do that. That's unrealistic. And then you get to a place where you try and stop the thoughts and then you're like, Oh, I'm failing. I can't do that. And then you start being yourself up. And I'm obviously not spiritual. I obviously can't do it. But you know, that advice is like saying, go underwater and breathe. It's like, I I can't, that's not Mm -hmm. possible. So it's about learning how to when we say quiet the mind, it's detach from thoughts. Learn how to recognize that I am not the thought. And there's a difference between being the thought and observing the thought. And the more you learn how to observe the thought and realize that you are not the thought, the more you do that, the more you become familiar with what you are, who you are, versus the thought, versus the emotion. And then you can see them or better yet observe them and you can understand that whole side of yourself in terms of this is something there this is something there oh this has come to me like this this has come to me like this you know we we talk to ourselves through thoughts but they are different to a thought that's been given to me or a thought form that's you know around that i have taken on and it's recognizing the difference and the way we do that is practicing becoming familiar with yourself
0: i like that i do too what is something you do or can you just give us a little insight of like what you do daily just to keep yourself um i would say like in in that in a peaceful state of mind, how you prepare yourself for the day. Obviously you're working with many different people, energies all around you. And, um, when you're working with, I I mean, people who are dealing with trauma, I mean, just heavy stuff, how do you protect yourself? What is a day in the life of you kind of look like?
2: To be honest with you, it's different based on what part of your journey you're on Mm. if i was to give you what i do that doesn't necessarily mean i wasn't doing that a year ago but i am now because i'm at a different part of my journey and it's to do with the individual so currently what i do is i'll wake up and in the first hour or so when you wake up your brain wave is in a completely different brainwave, and it's a very it's like the doorway uh, to your subconscious is open. It's wide open. So depending on what you do, as soon as you wake up will play a huge role in your entire day. Now, I used to get on my phone straight away as soon as I woke up, go on social media, just check things. And, you know, like, obviously that would give me a hit of dopamine, More another hit of dopamine, another hit of dopamine. So instantly I'm starting my day with like, my mind being filled with dopamine and wanting more and that is you know it's like uh it's like a high you know Mm pre-workout yeah it's like pre-workout in the morning as soon as you wake up for your mind but then the rest of the day it's just like oh it's not as as intense Mm -hmm. but what i do now is as soon as i wake up i may put some music on um and i just lay in meditation so i'll have my eyes closed and i'll observe my thoughts and i i used to live in imagination which is what everything is anyway everything is imagination anyway so you're constantly creating you're constantly manifesting so and in that moment when you're so able to imprint your subconscious you live in the imagination of what you want to go towards. So what I used to do is I used to live in an imagination of building my healing center, giving workshops, working with people, being on podcasts. And, but now it's more about, I've gotten really good at detaching from thoughts, the amount of healing I've done. There's not as many thoughts being thrown at me by parts of myself that are trying to get my attention so i'm able to calm things down more and just be just be understand and that's where you get the deep deep connection in terms of being able to get downloads and understand and information so i do that in the morning that's my way of starting my day it's just to be because it reminds well not reminds me but it's a good way of understanding that you're there's so much more to just this physical reality that you see this physical reality is expanding out of you you are literally here creating all of this and it's okay to be caught in the illusion you're literally here to be caught in the illusion that's the whole reason you're here but it's a good way of remembering remembering what's actually going on and doing that daily and I do the same in in the evening in the evening when I go to bed I'll lay down and I'll do the exact same thing and eventually I just fall asleep
0: Hmm. that's so cool thank you for sharing yeah absolutely do you have
1: any did you have a question sorry.
0: I don't know. Go ahead. Oh. Um, so I wanted to talk about a little bit more about um, self-sabotage and um, I really love the phrase you say is you're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of like give a little bit more um, in depth about how, what you mean when you say that?
2: It's one of probably my most famous quote I'd say, you're not doing anything wrong. And when I work with clients, it's usually around the three month mark where they go, I finally get what you mean. (laughs) I finally get it. So, you know, I never say these things for an expectation for someone to go, I get it. It's, you know, you have to understand And I didn't understand this until I understand how we work. When you realize how we work as humans, you realize that a human at their most natural state is an innately healthy state And when you're at your most natural, healthy state, you're vibrating at a higher frequency and the higher frequency you, you vibrate at, you're in the emotions of joy, peace, love, and like enlightenment, you know, all the really, really high ones. And any human being that's vibrating at that higher frequency doesn't, hate another doesn't it's not against another because you're in love you're in that frequency now when we go through experiences where it's emotionally distressful for us we have to figure out a way to keep ourselves safe in that moment so the survival mind kicks in and then we suppress that part of ourselves that would be that would have tapped into a lower vibrational frequency, such as shame, anger, guilt, apathy, despair, fear. And we're suppressing that and we're putting it somewhere we don't have conscious awareness of, but it doesn't mean it's not there. It's not within us. We just don't have conscious awareness of. We put it in our subconscious. It's the same as if you were in a dark room and it was filled with furniture, but it was completely pitch black. You wouldn't be aware of the furniture that's in there, but it's still there. It mm-hmm. still exists. So it's the same as that. So those parts of us play a role and they play a role based on what experiences we've had and what meaning we gave to those experiences and what we learned. Now, the neuralist part of your mind, which is the learning part at the core of it, you have your feelings and emotions. So an experience and how it made you feel will teach you something and you will give meaning to what you have learned. Now in the video that you're referring to I use the example if a child starts to dance in front of their caregivers in front of their family and then they're shamed for it in that moment they're at the vibrational frequency of shame which is really low and a way to protect themselves is that they will suppress that part of themselves that is feeling that low vibration but by suppressing it we're keeping hold of that shame
1: Mm.
2: and we learn from it so there are other parts that learn to keep me safe from not putting myself back in a position where i feel shame And that behavior might be not allowing myself to go and dance again in front of people, because then I will feel that really low vibrational frequency that I don't like feeling because it's really low. So every time I go and dance, there's the part of me now that has learned by reminding me or maybe doing the same thing that was done onto me. So if I put myself out there and I started to dance and someone said, what are you doing? You look like an idiot, stop dancing. I will then adopt that same behavior of what's happening to me and take that behavior on, say that to myself as a way to keep myself safe. So now when I go to put myself forward, the way I stop myself from experiencing that low vibration that I've rejected, that I don't want to, because that's how I've stayed safe, is I'll say to myself, no, 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 you look like an idiot. Don't go there. Don't, don't, don't. But this behavior can be seen as a sabotaging behavior. You know, I might speak to someone in my as an adult because this part of me I'm unaware of. It's in my subconscious. And this other part that has learned how to keep me safe from feeling this part is the part that I've taken on. Mm -hmm. And this is my personality now. My personality is every time I go and dance, like, nope, stop it, don't. You're an idiot. You look like an idiot. Don't so as an adult i might go i really want to go on the dance floor and dance but i just i just can't i'm too embarrassed i just can't and someone would be like of course you can like what are you doing oh you always sabotage yourself you're self-sabotaging it's like no it's not to to think that i'm sabotaging myself would be that this part of me is actually against me this part isn't against me it's actually for me there are no parts of you that are against you none and every single behavior when you dissect it whether it's stopping you from dancing or ending a relationship is because those parts of you have learned that it's dangerous to go towards what you're going towards right now so they will do what they have learned which is stop that from happening, which we can, we see as sabotaging. So whether it's dancing on the dance floor or whether it's getting serious in a relationship, but then ending that relationship, because these parts of you have learned that love is unsafe.
0: Mm. So when you mix in like, we'll say alcohol or drugs or things that can change your disposition um, you know, and now somebody's able to dance and put themselves out there while under an influence. Um, but maybe when they're not, they you know, they they don't do those things. What how how are those two kind of tied together in that
2: sense? Well, we numb ourselves from the pain. If I have alcohol, I'm numbing myself from the pain of actually going forward and dancing. And I'm more willing to do that because I, I can't hear that now. Yeah. That's not necessarily being triggered now. And it's not necessarily alcohol. I, I, we use anything to numb ourselves from the pain, anything. It could be another type of narcotics. It could be, um, work. It could be, uh, the gym. Like, literally, anything to distract myself away from that pain. And it's just, unfortunately, with alcohol and things that we do numb ourselves, it allows us to be able to do what we want to do by numbing ourselves. But it's it's kind of like, you know, you fall out of a tree and you break your leg. And you're in so much pain in that moment. But then, if you have morphine, the pain goes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Feels so good. And now I can, I can. Uh, maybe, maybe the thing I want to do is I want to chat to someone. Yes, I've got broken legs. I've fallen out of the tree, but I want to talk to this person, but I can't because I'm writhing around in pain. Let me have some morphine. Oh, now I can talk to someone. Yeah. Numbing That's myself. An
1: analogy. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: That's interesting. And when that pain's numb, you have that more freedom to just do you. When does when um can I ask your opinion on um you know alcohol and drugs and you know about it lowering your vibration, and you know what is I guess what's your take on on out yeah substance well in healing
2: there's so there's two things I want to talk about one the advice you hear out there is like, you need to be at a higher vibration. you got to be at a higher vibration. Oh, everything's high vibration. Everything's love. Everything's high vibration. And that makes you think that you're doing wrong. I'm not at a high vibration. So I'm doing wrong. And yes, alcohol and other drugs and other things in the world will lower your vibration. First of all, you're, I always call it like a default vibration. So my default vibration, let's say uh, on my uh, on an average day, would be a, like like this level. It's for someone who's on their healing journey; they've been forced to look for an answer, and no one gets forced to look for an answer unless their vibration is pretty low anyway, because of everything that they've been through, because of everything that they're rejecting which all of these parts of ourselves and our subconscious that we rejected are all playing a huge role in our default overall vibration anyway. So the goal isn't as crazy as it sounds. The goal isn't to raise your vibration. Raising your vibration happens as a byproduct of healing. Mm. If I try to raise my vibration, I'm thinking of in the moment in the moment I can go play football or any other sport that I really love and I will tap into joy and joy is a higher vibration but that doesn't mean all the parts of me that need my attention and need healing are gone I'll stop playing that sport and I'll come home and then my vibration will go lower again and I'm thinking oh my god I'm doing wrong I'm not doing right I should I need to do something else now to keep my vibration higher That's not the goal. The goal is not to have a higher vibration. That advice that you hear out on social media or on the internet is more like a guideline to how this reality works. Mm. It's not like you have to do this. You don't have to do anything. Do whatever you want. This is your life. No no one else's life. Stay in the low vibration, go in the high vibration. It doesn't matter. The other thing. In terms of substances and everything, I used to be addicted to alcohol. I used to be addicted to weed. I used to wake up and an hour after I used to be awake, I used to start then until I went to sleep every day having weed. And the only reason I did that was because I was in pain. The only reason, the only reason anyone uses any sort of substance as uh, in, a, in an abusive way that is that i need this in order to change my state my mental state the w- way that i am the way that i feel if i need to have a beer at the end of the day to relax and calm down that's like i need to question why do i need a beer in order to be able to relax but but that doesn't mean that it's wrong remember you're not doing anything wrong mm-hmm there's a reason we're doing that so for me i speak to clients i speak to people that say you know i've got an addiction to alcohol and i've got addiction to weed my response to that is always well done like well done for finding something that stopped you from killing yourself Mm. the only reason that we the only reason we become addicted to anything is to escape the pain and if i don't escape the pain if i didn't figure out how to escape the pain i would kill myself
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: there's no other choice so my to answer your question one of my views on it is is it wrong no is it unhealthy yes yes it's unhealthy but it doesn't mean it's wrong but, you know, it, it's like falling out of a tree, breaking your legs and then telling someone, oh, no, you shouldn't be having morphine. Like, what are you talking about? Morphine? <laughs> I can't believe you have morphine. It's like, but I'm in pain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. So now my next question after that is. So you learn. To you're learning to survive, right? You're learning to numb the pain so that you can survive. And so that kind of brings you into forgiveness. And I feel like it's how do you, where do you even start in forgiving yourself for maybe the things that you've done while you were trying to survive, while you were in that place of trauma and pain and you had to numb out and you made choices and you made decisions and you were in, you know, just a survival type mode. What do you do now? How do you, how do you even start to go about forgiving yourself for being in that place and, and wanting to move forward out of
2: that? Well, one of the main reasons why I post the way I do and I keep saying you're not doing anything wrong is to get the understanding that even in those moments you weren't doing wrong, you were surviving you're wounded, you're hurt and you need to figure out how to survive but that's not necessarily all the information of what is required a really good way to get to a place of being able to forgive whether it's yourself or others is to understand what forgiveness is. First of all, stop trying to forgive. You can't. Forgiveness is not a choice. No one can forgive for wanting to forgive. It is not a choice. There is not a human on this planet that can forgive for just wanting to forgive. It doesn't work like that. And the more we go, we need to forgive we're going in the wrong direction forgiveness is the outcome of what the goal actually is which is letting go but it's like okay well what am i letting go of what does that even mean we we work in certain ways if i have anger towards myself or anger to someone else or resentment I always call resentment like a kind of like cousin of anger. If I have resentment to someone else, anger is a cover emotion. We use anger as a way to not feel other emotions. Anger has fear under it 100% of the time. And resentment is our way of staying away from fear as well. So, i will resent someone because that is what i'm using to meet an unmet need which is what is causing me to go to my fear so in an experience where let's say someone has abandoned me in that moment that was emotionally distressful for me and because there was no resolution for that emotional distress my survival mind kicks in and I have to keep myself safe somehow. If I just live in the fear of that experience, then I'm just living in pain. So just like using alcohol and using weed or using something else to come out of my pain, I'm using resentment to come out of my pain. And for to tell someone to just let go and just forgive is telling them to go back into their pain Mm. unrealistic it doesn't work this is not how we work and it's the most invalidating thing that you can say to someone really so the way we would be able to get to a place of forgiveness is we would heal go to the parts of ourselves that have learned to use that resentment as a way to meet that unmet need in order to get out of fear resentment is like and this is another way that we shut our hearts off it's kind of like our personal reminder that i'll never let anyone to do this to me again so if i heal and i get to the parts of myself and i heal these parts of myself that are using resentment as a way to meet that unmet need but then i learn what those unmet needs are and meet them in a healthier way because i'm meeting them in a healthier way i'm letting go of the unhealthy way that i've been meeting them which is resentment Mm. so what am i letting go of i'm letting go of the unhealthy way that i've been meeting these unmet needs And by letting go of the unhealthy way, which is resentment, I no longer resent. And the byproduct of that is that I forgive. So you cannot forgive for just choosing to or wanting to. It doesn't work like that. I have to do the healing. I have to learn what's going on. I have to learn what these parts of me are trying to say to me, what the unmet needs are learning how to meet that need whether it's in a state of imagination or whether it's a regular behavioral change that i need to adopt today and eventually when i turn up for myself more and more when i bring these parts of myself in with love more and more i get to a place where i'm no longer resenting and therefore i forgive that happens for the other and that happens for the self as well
0: Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I know I've heard, I've heard a lot of this. I'm trying to ask questions in a way that I know people would want to hear the answers to, um, because I, I have listened to a lot of your videos and, um, they're always, I just, I love the examples you give. It's so realistic of, um, it's so much easier to put like, you know, falling out of a tree, getting hurt. Well, yeah, duh. You know it, And sometimes I feel like we try to we try to like dig so deep emotionally, but it's so easy and just really it's right there in front complex. of us. Yeah, we I think we tend to make things more complex. But um, I think one thing I've really learned from watching a lot of your videos is just I mean, ultimately for my for myself on my journey is just continuing to show myself love and to stay um. I would say focused on how I was made before everything kind of happened to you, right? Before life happens to you and just how to continue to really grow those parts of myself, how to take time and be with myself and clear out the thoughts instead of being like, what's next? What do I need to heal next? Where's this coming from? And like over psychoanalyzing is really what it is. Psychoanalyzing everything. And when you're really just in that place of love and giving and, um, not only to others, but to yourself really too. And starting that it just, everything flows so effortlessly and, and it does come to the surface, but at the same point, I feel like there's not as much, um, doesn't hold as much weight as when I'm like looking at the subject, figuring it out, trying to psychoanalyze it. Instead, I'm just focused on the, the other parts and the rest really has come. And it's, it's been kind of a really, um, enjoyable path. It's, it's so easy and effortless because it's like, I've given up control over it and to, I don't want to carry it anymore. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you so much. Cause it's really, it's just been a huge eye opener for me in a lot of areas where I've just, I've kind of felt stuck and I realized that, um, I'm not, that was just kind of a place I was putting myself.
2: Yeah. And it makes sense. Look, you got to realize that we're, we're spiritual beings, but we're also human and, a lot of the advice you get out there is that like, you are everything, you are spiritual. And then you go, okay, well, <laughs> moments where I'm not spiritual and I'm human, I must be doing wrong. Right. Yeah. That's not the case. You're actually here not to be a spiritual being, you're here to be a human. And let me give you some examples. So, you know, everything, everything is one. We are all one. Very, very true. But we're not here to constantly in that like for example the football game if i'm playing football i'm against the other team i want the other team to lose because i want to win i will even you know there'll be like trash talk or whatever and we'll shake hands at the end and everything but in that moment we are not all one i'm telling you like, <laughs> you know, like it's on like donkey not, kong
0: yeah like yeah. there's a winner coming out of this
2: 100 so that's an experience and i I personally have joy in that. So I've come here to experience joy. Another thing that I usually say is, you know, we, we tend to think that we need to be spiritual so much so, and it doesn't make sense. I can't put myself underwater and go, it's okay. I'm a spiritual being. I won't die. Like, no, you you will die. You will actually <laughs> drown and die. No, no, no. It's, I'm not human. I'm, I'm having an experience. Like, I'm spiritual. no. You're going to go, you know, out the game again. Um, but, and another thing, you know, everyone's concerned about being caught in the illusion. You're here to be caught in the illusion. That's the desire about this place, is the illusion. But all this stuff you hear is just to remind you that you are not the illusion. To remind you how to put your hands on the wheel. I want to take my reality and my creation down this path. Okay. But remember, you're in an illusion. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Let's keep going back in the illusion. That's completely normal. Part of the illusion is that you're a human being. You have your mind. Your mind works in a certain way. The way we've evolved as human beings, we work in certain ways. When I'm let's say in the caveman days i'm walking down a path on my right i see a juicy apple and i'm like oh juicy apple like i'm so excited about this this feels amazing and on my left you see the like bushes and rustling in the bushes and you're like oh like your mind is created to be like all right danger like i need to this is my survival is on i'm catastrophizing what could happen well something could jump out and I could... i've got my knife i've got this what oh, oh. <laughs> i'm not even thinking about the juicy apple at that point because this is a lot more threatening yeah that's how the human being works so when you're in a position of trying to overanalyze and trying to figure all this stuff out it's very human of you it's very normal it's completely okay and when you've lived in survival mode your entire life and Mm -hmm you've kind of gotten to the place you're like holy shit so this is all not actually what i thought it was and it's all like all of this is happening all right um i need to learn more of this and figure this out and the more i learn the better i feel so I, oh this is great so i'm gonna overanalyze i'm gonna go and and then you've got social media going no no you need to you need to calm down you need to like but you're like no but i'm still in survival my yeah. mind works Just like I couldn't breathe underwater, my mind is in survival. And that's completely okay. And it's taken me a long time to be able to just let go and let be. But in the moments that I couldn't, I wasn't doing wrong.
1: And what advice could you give to somebody that is like just starting out here with that? Like, because obviously you've done your healing and all that kind of stuff within it and you're human. And we go through the hustle and the bustle every day of get the kids to school, get them off to sports. Like, what are some like coping or tactics that you could do to really help you come back to that illusion and center? And
2: Well, my advice is uh, there's multiple things. My main advice is always going to be healing emotional healing because the reason i'm being triggered to be in survival mode and be scared of this and scared of that and oh, it's all unconscious to me so for example taking the kids to school that isn't just because they might miss the sc- like school opening there's so much in there that's unconscious to me that's deeply rooted into like but then you know uh the other parents are going to talk about me and say that I'm a bad mom and a bad dad and my family is going to say this and people are going to tell because I'm not good enough and I'm not able to do... all of those are firing off together all at once it's not just this one thing so by emotionally healing you bring those parts of yourself in and you start practicing so much self-love and you're there for yourself so much that you're able to go I don't... it doesn't matter if they talk about me you mm-hmm. eventually get to that place. So, when you're in the same circumstance again, where the kids might be late to school, it won't affect you the same. It won't you don't
0: need that out. validation.
2: Exactly. Right. It won't yeah. All of those parts in you. Along with that, what I always do is I always remind myself of what I'm actually in. You know, I have furniture around. I've got a carpet. I've got a couch. I've got my son dropped um sticky toffee pudding with ice cream on my fluffy carpet <laughs> and this is like sticky <laughs> and he dropped it and i was like huh eh. and i re- realized that you know what in 10 years time i might not even have that carpet right i'd be a completely different carpet 10 years ago i had a different carpet i had a different couch 20 years ago i'd completely again i changed mm-hmm. to- like so doesn't really matter none of this <laughs> is real none of it really matters you know i failed at school completely failed i got the worst grades that you could think of is school that important uh in some ways yeah you know it gets humans interacting with each other in some way in a lot of ways no it's it's not it's not we're not doing it in the right way it's not i got brought up like it's the most important thing ever And I've had more success in my life away from school and doing things that were the exact opposite of what school taught me and everyone taught me. So is that really as important? And I keep reminding myself and I also keep reminding myself that none of this exists.
0: Yeah. Well, and also your response in that moment is huge because your response in that moment with your son is all ultimately showing him where, you know, what he's doing and setting him up for his emotional success too. And in that moment, it's, it's not a big deal. You're breaking your emotional, you know, uh, I
1: did nothing wrong. Right. That that
0: that it, you're not going to break them down for it and make them feel terrible and horrible that it is just a rug. It is just stuff. And we're all just here and it's, it's okay. And I think when you're my, well, my daughter, I, I wish it was, funny. she's drawing like, it looks like a penis on my wall. And uh, she told me it was a uh, sea whore. <laughs> but I was like laughing, and my mom was like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I think I'm just going to frame it. <laughs> She's like, you're not going to scrub it off. I was like, no, I think I'm just going to frame it. I'm going to label it sea horror" because I think that's absolutely hysterical. And it's like behind the door, but I'm like, I it's, we just paint over it. It's no big deal. She was so proud of herself. She loved it. And it, it, it's so fun to be able to be in that. I think as a parent too, just to be able to be like, it's okay. It's just stuff. Money comes and goes. We can buy a new rug. We can paint over it. Because it doesn't take all of your energy from you either and it's it's not fun to be angry
2: <laughs> oh, that's true. And, and you know i speak to a lot of parents and um around this exact subject and they always ask you know what the best thing i can do because when you're on your healing journey you realize like oh my like i've done the exact same thing right. that's happened to me and this is really challenging and you know If you're on your healing journey that's the best thing you can do for your child because what you end up doing is you learn how to go to these inner children within you these parts of yourself and how to heal them and then you realize like oh every time i'm healing i'm validating i'm allowing them to be who they are Mm -hmm. i'm meeting an unmet need i'm resolving the emotional distress in that moment however that is and then you go you have this realization that that's how i help my child i help my child by allowing my child to feel however however they feel to be who they are to validate them yeah fair enough it, it makes sense that you would feel like that yeah absolutely them
1: that compassion
2: yeah absolutely so But whilst by being on the healing journey is the best way that you can help your children. There's literally because the main reason why we lose it at them and we fire off is because we're being triggered. Mm. Triggered about stuff within ourselves. So once you heal those parts and you keep going and keep going, the same thing just won't trigger you.
0: Yeah. I found that I I'm a single, um, solo parent for my daughter and she, I was very attached to me and, um, which I loved. Right. Um, but at the same point, it can get to be a lot. It was like overstimulating. It was too much. And at times I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're just always on me. You're always touching and she's three and a half now, but she's still very much like that wants to be in that. And, um, I had read I don't I can't even pinpoint where I read it and it was talking about how when you start to get frustrated with certain issues exactly what you said probably you <laughs> and um and I was like okay well what is this triggering in me and why is this getting me so frustrated and and um not frustrated but just like ugh like I just need some space and I just and I realized in that moment that I I never really had that comfort and that in in my life growing up i my parents were amazing that doesn't they, they did the best they can with what they knew how but in times of distress i was not held and comforted in a way and a lot of times in my relationships growing up it often became about the person another person and not really my feelings and where i was at instead it was like oh well let we have to comfort your feelings we have to do that and it was like oh it was like that aha moment of oh, that's, that's totally where this is coming from. And it's so cool because ever since I kind of worked through that, it just doesn't even bother me anymore. And her like crying and it's like, come here. I'm like, you got all the crying out, you know, I'm like, is there more in there? And it just feels so good to be able to approach it that way. Whereas before I was like, okay, like, you've cried for a long time, like this, like, let's, what is, you know, what's the issue? And like, do you just need to be held? And I try to like work through it, but mentally there was still that blockage in a way. It was like, I couldn't just fully be in it. Whereas now I'm like, are you, you know, do you got more, you got some more? And she's like, I think so. And I'm like, okay, you know, let it out, like cry it out. And then, you know, I'm like, is it done? She's like, I think it's done. I'm like, okay, what do you need now? A hug? Okay. You know, but it doesn't feel, I don't feel exhausted being able to give that to her because it was in that moment of that, okay, I, it's, it's just, it's wild how it can be right in front of you. And so hard to understand too, at the same point.
2: <laughs> and first of all, I think that's great. I think that's amazing. And it's truly inspiring to hear you're able to be like that and meet the needs of your child in that moment. It's, it truly, truly is. Um, But it's a really good example of when you felt that frustration in that moment you may go away from that and go oh i can't believe that that was so wrong of me Mm, yeah you're not doing anything wrong because when you realize what the core reason was then you get to the stage where like oh it was because of that so it wasn't it wasn't wrong i was i I call it emotionally bleeding i was emotionally bleeding at the moment you know, and it would, I, mean, I would
0: walk away just so like, or we'd go to bed. Right. And I'd put her to bed and I'd, I'd be laying in bed. We've had these conversations many times where you're like, I just feel like a horrible parent today. Like I just couldn't be there. I feel like I'm just tapped out in all directions. And all she, she wanted was she just wanted my attention for a second and I couldn't give it. And I looked over and she was sleeping, you know, and it was like, why couldn't I have just stopped what I was doing and just sat there and and spent those last few seconds, you know, you just, you hold yourself in and around and you go. And, um, you know, that's where I think when I listened to yourself self-sabotage and the forgiveness and all of those, I, those clips and just listening to you now, it was, I, I, I held so much on myself of, you know, that there was right and wrong and that I did it wrong today. I didn't, meet up these standards I failed I failed I failed or I did this and it's so not it at all and and it was like for me personally I think my aha moment too was why do I have such grace and understanding for everybody else but not for myself and if that was my best friend talking to me I'd be like hey it's okay we'll go to bed tomorrow they're fine you're gonna be okay but why can't I do that for myself? Why am I holding myself? You know, why am I looking at this as failing and I'm not? And so I, I just love your whole outlook and I love the way that you're able to even put it into words and analogies. So thank you. So good. You're,
2: welcome. you're very welcome. It's, it's a very important like- thing
1: guided meditation I just oh love yeah listening to your voice we're
0: both in a trance over here <laughs> you just put me
2: to
1: sleep <laughs> thank
2: you thank you yeah, yeah. um i actually He's do. Like I've got- noted <laughs> no i actually uh so i've got a few meditations and one of my most powerful is an inner child meditation i've got on my youtube channel um okay ridiculously powerful you should definitely give that a yeah. go yeah we'll link it great, in
1: this episode very, for sure
0: i do my meditations in the sauna usually after my workouts i love that
2: that's that's oh. i've never done it in the sauna but that's very yeah. interesting i think uh, i'd be definitely up for trying it in different places Definitely. yeah
0: yeah i enjoy um i don't know why but that's kind of became like such a I think the heat and like it helps kind of distract me physically in a way so that I can like relax more mentally.
1: And because you're just sitting there. So it's kind of like I might as well.
0: Well, I have to do Sit my meditations there. after my workouts. Otherwise, yeah. I'm like too just. Well,
2: this is actually, a good I don't point. have to. This is a very good step. The whole reason we close our eyes and put headphones on is it allows us to focus on the self. To become familiar with but you know why are we why do we need to do that why do we need to close our eyes and put headphones on to be able to do that you have your senses in this reality and this is a really good way to understand how reality works you are the consciousness you're not the mind you're not the body you're not the feelings and you're not the thoughts you are your consciousness you are essentially the code that is creating the reality so if you want to become familiar with what you are you need to stop the distractions from the reality and the the way that you stop interacting with the reality and the way you interact with the reality are through your senses someone brushes past me and i feel it i'll go oh what was that it's a distraction i smell something i'll be like oh what's that it's a distraction if i see something i'll be like oh i hear something you know taste something i'll be like "Mm." so if you were to let's say someone if you were to get rid of the sense of sight and you couldn't see then you wouldn't be able to interact with this reality through sight anymore and then you were to remove your sense of taste touch hear. if you were to remove all of them you cannot interact with this reality you just can't you are the self and the way that you interact is through the senses so by med- the meditation the big one of the biggest benefits of meditation and one of the main reasons we do it is to stop interacting with the reality to a become familiar with and to realize like what we actually are and it's a strong and powerful way to be able to manipulate our creation to kind of get away from the distractions from the sensory from the things that we use to interact with it to then be able to create what we desire.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: Mm-hmm. How does coaching or intuitive healing like work with you? like with your clients? Like how do you can you go through like a day with one of them?
0: And where can they find you? Yes. I want to give some of that so information they can, too.
2: Yeah, no, so they can find me on my website. Um I think I've done a pretty good job of linking everything to everything or anyway. But if you were to uh you'll be able to find me there um to be honest with you the most truthful answer is that it's different for each client depending on their level of awareness where they are what's happening but you know the conversations that i have with them is my job is to teach them how to heal themselves my job is to teach you how to heal yourself i don't heal you it's not like i put my hand up and heal you or anything my job is to empower you my job is to teach you why things are the way they are how you work and how to heal once you have kind of the foundation of understanding how you work and why the things that have happened have brought you to where you are then you can start learning how to heal the whole reason i've created my online course was because so many people were like how do you heal? And I'm like, it's not a one sentence answer. It's like this huge understanding. <laughs> you know, that's why I created an online. Un- how much time
1: un- do you have? But <laughs> I did meditation yesterday. Why am I not healed?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not complete. I drank
1: my green juice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's about, okay, well now that I've learned all this, so my job is to empower someone and I wouldn't, it's, I don't do that by giving them power. I guide them to be able being able to see that power within themselves it's already there it's Mm. just you're not able to see it right now and once you actually realize how powerful you are and how you've already got everything you need in order to be able to start healing then that's when your reality really shifts and your reality really changes and it's basically that it's basically teaching people how to do this my my goal is never to keep anyone on retainer like i'm i'm building healing centers around the world i'm doing cafes schools i'm doing so much in this lifetime and i cannot do that if i have anyone on retainer my and i can't help more people if i'm limited to a certain amount of clients you know so my goal is to teach you what you need to do and then go and teach you, you know, and, Yeah. Absolutely.
0: What if somebody wants to start doing what you do and share that? Do you offer classes or um I I I sessions or things for people to help become coaches and and uh healer intuitive healers and, and trauma coaches? So
2: so this um, is something that a lot of people have actually asked me. Um, yeah. and Yes, I'm going to start. So I've, my company is called Mind Matters, Mind Matters Healing. And eventually I will be creating courses for people to be uh, a certified Mind Matters trauma coach as well. And a couple of my clients have already asked me to change the way that, you know, the structure of our coaching sessions to be able to teach them how to coach and help others this is something that's in the works this is something that's coming currently it's not out there i've not done anything yet but in terms of being out on the internet but yes this is you know this again helps more and the vision i've got in the future for my company mind matters is that there will be certified coaches and then through the system of going through that they will have a certain amount of Uh, sessions that they will need to do with people that would be part of the mind matters community for free so then it gives the coaches exposure and help and it also gives people that can't afford it that exposure and help as well so it's kind of like going to be helping everyone you know my goal is to you know a a lot of people have reached out and gone like your, your online course the people that have taken online courses that are like seven thousand dollars mine's like 120 dollars and they're like blown away by it and it's because my goal is to essentially charge the people that can afford it to be able to create content for the people that can't yeah because i was in a place in my life where i couldn't afford it and it was really hard and really painful
0: and especially when you're ready for it when you're there and you want it and when you have those blockages it, it can really it can really affect you
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it really really can and that's why i put everything that i do on my youtube channel is because it's free it's you know it's easily accessible and i try to give as much value as i can all the time but it's it also helps because you know people people only come to wanting to heal when they want to when they want to invest themselves into it otherwise if you're not ready you're not ready essentially
0: yeah well and you're only one person right
2: so far <laughs>
1: he's in a <his> second life <laughs> I, I'm, I'm
2: in my second life yeah no but uh, i've started building the team and the team's just expanding from here so
0: oh very cool. cool i can't wait to watch and yeah. see what what all comes of it well do you have any questions for us <laughs> Uh... no, that was a, that
2: was a <laughs> No, well, um, was... how how's your each individual journey been going?
0: Oh. Oof. That's a big one. Um mine's I I would say um has has been uh, I can't even get intense uh at times and um but I'm definitely I would say on an upswing for sure. I've been in some valleys for a while and, um, gone up and found some more valleys. And, um, but I've just really, I don't know, like, I think before I had a lot of fear of like, Oh God, what's the next thing coming or what's the next, uh, situation I have to deal with or traumatic thing or feel or, um and I've I really let a lot of that fear go and I feel like I've kind of strapped in and I'm just really enjoying the journey now and and I really like that feeling. Um and since then it's been really cool to see all these amazing opportunities come forth and um I can just tell how I feel on the inside because I can tell more people smiling around you. I have random people I had to sit at the you know I didn't have to I shouldn't say it like that um I got to I just had a lot of people come up and telling me their life story and um in it although it like affects kind of my time frame I like I was irritated at first for a second but then I was like oh my god this is so incredible because this means that I'm sending that out that people random strangers feel comfortable and safe and they're in it and they see that that joy and that light and Um, then I was, it just, my whole mind switched. And, um, I think that's kind of where I've been is just in sitting back and enjoying and realizing where are these judgments or where's this frustration coming from? And just kind of changing those quick little thoughts and just how quickly everything can turn around. And I really like it. It's been really amazing. Um, and, and validating, right. Because you, you do a lot of we put a lot of work into, you know, this podcast and our individual lives, and then also sustaining ourselves financially. Um, I'm a single mom. She's a wife, mom, business owner of, you know, three boys. Uh, you know, we we have a lot of things going on and um, it's, it's nice to have the validation sometimes and, and feel like it's all worth it.
1: I think it's just going back to, I'm a realtor during the day. (laughs) No, at night too. But I think it's just like, I live in that hustle bustle. Like they have to go see that house. Like it's been a crazy market in the United States for a while. And it was really like build your big team. Like that was the big hype. And so for me last year, it was just coming down and going, what, what do you really want out of this life? Do you want to build this big team and have that hustle bustle life? Or do you really want to go out there and sit down in these people's homes and make a difference for them? Because that's what matters. It's not building that full team. And yes, that's great. But it's really sitting down and being like, what are your goals? And being that listener and helping them on their journey through home ownership.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. It sounds like you're both coming to a lot of awareness, which is fantastic. Yes, this it's- podcast
0: has. Definitely- oh, absolutely. Shout us forward yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. the whole theme of it is just bringing people along for it and saying, you know, it was like one week I had a podcast where I was like, I am not good. Things are not good. I am in a very dark place. And then, you know, but I was honest and real. And then I get messages and people reaching out. And then it was like a couple of weeks later, being able to share, like, I'm better, I'm good. I, you know, and this is what I've done. And this is how I got here. And, and being able to kind of share that can be it's so uh, vulnerable, but at the same point, it's, it really, um, I love it. It's, it's became a, I think it became something we never really even knew when we started it.
1: (laughs) I think we had our, our morals and our values within it. And wanting to showcase the messiness of life but because it is messy. life took care of it Yeah,
2: so. <laughs> amazing it's amazing seeing you guys doing it and it's it's the the goal is authenticity
1: right you know Absolutely. a lot of people think
2: that the goal is enlightenment it's not the goal is not enlightenment it's really really not and honestly most of us are not here to be enlightened we're really really not we're here to i'll, I'll be completely honest with you in the future I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, I used to be a DJ and I love music and I love dubstep music. I'm going to be completely, you're going to see me headlining or at least doing a a festival or something completely headbanging and going crazy. And the next day I'm going to be on stage talking to people about healing.
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I was just talking to somebody about how I feel like I'm a walking contradiction, but I love it. Like I, I love it. And I think after um, I experienced such loss and, and grief and things, it was like, it made me mad, the stereotypes and the things and how you, in order to be a healer, you had to look this way. And in order to be doing this, you had to look this way. And, um, we were laughing because I think I told you we launched that nonprofit today and it's to help people to get from, uh, treatment centers into recovery homes. But then I bartend on the weekends. And so I was laughing because I was talking to the guy who runs all of the recovery centers and he's so awesome. Him and his partner are incredible. And I was like, well, he's like, well, what were you doing? And I'm like, well, I, I went from getting everybody drunk this weekend to now I'm here helping people get in to recovery homes. And it's like, you you might see what I look like on the outside, but oh God, is there so much more? And and I love that because um it it's one of those things where you're like you don't get to make the the idea of what things are supposed to look like, no. and and I love that so much. So I I look you go you go DJ yes. and you go you know.
1: it's your creative Dude, no. outlet.
0: I love it. I'm like I'm just a walking contradiction, and I love it. Like I think it's great.
2: It's honestly it's the reason it's the main so i've recognized and i've understood my purpose and your purpose kind of changes based on your journey so it's like oh this is my purpose and you get here and you're like oh no no no, this is my purpose no and it's just a path it's like just directing you but you can say your overall purpose is to come here and help people or come here and raise the vibration wake people up or something but one of the main reasons why i'm here is to f things up is to yes. absolutely mess up
0: yes
2: and show people that a you don't have to be spiritual and b being spiritual doesn't mean that you have to do this or that or there. you're here one of the reasons why i say to people and i never tell anyone what to do i never tell my clients what to do and i never tell anyone what to do the reason of that is because i don't have a right to tell anyone how to make any decisions in their life because it's their life it's their creation their reality they are experiencing that for themselves so that means you can do whatever you want and you hear that all the time in the in the spiritual community oh you could do whatever you want but, but what what bartending like, <laughs> like no but you just said i can do whatever i want
0: <laughs> yeah and
2: that is you can literally do whatever you want because you're here to experience this whole notion of you know everything has to be peace and love like yeah no that's not why we're here like no. you know you're here to just experience you're actually here to experience all the low vibrational or undesirable emotions as well so yeah. it's like when you first believe- move
1: out as a kid and it's like i can have McDonald's for dinner every night if I want to. Nobody's and gonna tell me no.
0: And you can leave the milk out, and right. then you realize you left the milk out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
2: and the more you just allow people to be, they actually get to these places themselves because yeah, when they realize like, oh, my body doesn't work well when I do this, I'm gonna right. stop. It.
0: Yeah, you do. I, I. That's yeah. I, I, I... learn, <laughs> or you don't, and right. then <laughs> I know. Reminded. <laughs> <laughs> but I i shouldn't say I get people drunk because bartending isn't all about that. But it's honestly, it's been an incredible I, We have so many people that support us through. I've met so many incredible people through being in the service mm-hmm. industry and doing that. And I've probably helped more people doing that than in a so-called helping people environment. Right. You know, So that's why they come there.
1: Yeah. they're in some sort of pain.
0: It's or just possible. wanting to have fun <laughs> and have a good time. Hello. <laughs> Let's
2: put on a possible. show. <laughs> yeah.
0: But well, thank you so much for coming on. We won't take up your entire evening because you are in the UK. So, but um I I just really, really feel so honored and blessed you came on. And I'm so grateful our, our paths kind of collided in this. And I'm really excited to continue to watch your journey and um hopefully we can team up somehow and um keep uh making a ruckus in this world. I like it. The Twisted Sisters and uh Ariane blowing shit up. So Absolutely. 100%. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to launch this. I think our yes, listeners are gonna like just are. not yes. only love your voice, but I think they're gonna get some really incredible things from this. So please go follow him, Ariane Samui. You are on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, and then you have a podcast you just started, um, but you stream that through YouTube, correct?
2: I do currently. I currently. am. Uh, it's, on, it's on my to do list to make it available on other medium platforms but
1: yeah yeah it's a full-time job it is if you need
0: help you let us know we can help you with anything
2: oh i may hold you to that
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) you got our email we can help you with some of it so but thank Thank you you. again yes
2: thank you thank you for having me on it's been absolutely great and again i love what you guys are doing the authenticity and what you're doing with this podcast is amazing. And I don't doubt for a second, you're not going to be make a success of it.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap this up. You've been listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. Have a fabulous week. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha
1: imperfection is beauty madness is genius and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring twisted Twisted sisters. sisters we're all a little twisted